Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Amen. First John, First John chapter 4. We want to we want to pray today that God's strength would be here. Um, Brother Schultz's mother passed away. We want to pray for Brother Schultz and his family. We're so sorry about your loss. Also, we want to pray for Brother Donnie Crum today. And uh, he has blood clots in his lungs, I believe in his leg. He's in the hospital. We're going to pray that God would dissolve that where it will have no effect on him. I know uh, a couple of our Seniors, a few of our uh, few people in the church that have coronavirus, not a lot, but a few. And uh, because I did not ask their permission to pray for them publicly, I won't mention their name. But I, I, um, we're just going to pray that God would continue to touch and heal. Can you say Amen? And uh, would you lift your hands and let's let's call on the name of the Lord. We pray for Brother Donnie right now that God, you would move up over his body. There would be no damage from these blood clots. Whatever is causing these blood clots in his body to be healed. I just pray that you would touch him and strengthen him. He can return to your house and return to his family, O oh Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. I pray today in the name of Jesus. We love you, Lord, more than anything. God, I pray today for Brother Schultz and his family. That they would be strengthened, God, during this time of their loss. We pray that you would help them and bless them in Jesus' name. God, and these wonderful people that call the anchor their home, that are dealing with the sickness, that God, you would preserve and protect their bodies. Lord, let them be strengthened in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, amen. Um, 1 John chapter 4, reading with verse 16. And uh, happy new year to everybody. For some, they're, they're not only looking forward to 2021 coming in, they're looking for 2020 to leave. Or I should say that in past tense now, you were looking for 2020 to go away. Is there an amen in the building? I know it's been a tough year, but maybe you're going to look over your shoulder and see that there were some good things that come out of that. Some change. Slower pace. And I'm not speaking about the loss of any life or sickness of any any anyone's body but uh, uh, but I thank God does all things well aren't you glad to be in the church of Jesus Christ it's a blessing it really is first um, John 4 16 and we have known and believed the love that God hath to us would would you read the next three words with me God is love and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. It appears to me that in God, we learn what love is. And um, out of God, we don't know what love is. Because if we dwell in love, we dwell in God. It says herein is our love made what? Amen. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. What that's talking about is we become a reflection of his love, a reflection of God. And you may be seated. I'm gonna teach today on what is love. Um, so 
Look at verse 18. Keep your Bibles out if you will. And I do think you ought to make a New Year's resolution and, and, and start reading uh, the Word, the paperback Bible, because it's easy to get distracted on your phones reading your Bible. Anybody notice that? Yeah. Um, I, do think, I do think we need to give God everything we have today. How many have come to worship Him? Come to worship Him. Let's not let all that sugar, all that caffeine, all that food we've had over this break to keep us from doing what God called us to do. Amen. Look what it says. It says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. If you would ask the average person, what is the opposite of love? They would say hate, but the opposite of love is fear. It says, it says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment and he that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him. You know, the letter here is written to believers. We love him. Why? Because he first loved us. Verse 20 says, if a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. Well, that's strong words, isn't it? If a man say, I love God and hate his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. It's hard to understand this until you have felt the love of God. God's love came to you in your chaos, in your imperfection. When your life was a mess, you felt his arm wrapped around your life. That's the love of God. And um, I remember, so let's talk about love here for a minute. And I realized that we live in a culture that, that wants to define what love is, a world culture, maybe an American culture. I even take a closer to a Hollywood invented love culture to a hippie movement culture, but we have to ask ourselves a question. If we're going to really define it, what is love? People, I remember one of my buddies in high school, he said, man, I used that four letter word with my girlfriend. I said, what'd you tell her? He said, I told her I loved her, man. I mean, it was like big deal, right? It was a big deal. Uh, two months later, he was loving somebody else. And uh, that's not love. That's infatuation. That's lust. That's an emotion. Uh, I remember being in, uh, seven years old, you know, and seven years old in all my wisdom. I wrote a love note to a girl. And it says something like this. Will you go with me? I didn't, I didn't know where we were going, but that was the verbiage. Anybody remember the verbiage? Do they still use that verbiage in 2020? I don't think so. Uh, I, I don't even know what they say now, you know. Uh, but... But then it was, it was, will you go with me? I don't know if we we're going to the playground. I don't know if we were going to lunch. I don't know where we we're going, but it was, it's what we said. Will you go with me? And I put on there, will you go with me? And then I had this box I put on my love note. There's a box that had a yes beside of it. There was a box that had a no beside of it. Then I had a box that said, man, I knew I was in the right place. That was just in case. Give me some hope. Uh, 
You know, I don't ever remember getting that paper back. I think she wadded it up and threw it. Probably went to her friend and said, look what Aaron wrote me. You believe this. You know? And, uh, you know, what is love? And, and uh, you know, I remember sitting in class and going to the public school and being in school. And these two eight-year-olds, you know, they got a boyfriend. Even middle school, you look over and they're, they're, they're doodling during class. And this girl knows this guy, you know, for, they've been going together for a week And it's Cindy loves Aaron. Heart around it. Going down for I'm just throwing that out there because I'm hoping you did that one of those days, you know. We've known each other our whole life. Childhood sweethearts. And uh, but I remember seeing these kids, these girls, guys didn't do it. The guys would have done it, they'd have got beat up. Uh, but girls would do it. They like somebody for like three days and they're they're putting their the boy's last name on theirs. Am I right or am I right? All you girls, I'm so glad I'm a guy, you know. And uh, then, then, they're nine years old and they've already got their children's names picked out. <laughs> it's so true. I mean, it's in us to want relationships. But the problem is, is when we enter 12 years old and we're in love. Oh, I love I love him. I'm 12 and I'm in love. And so on my social media page, it's going to be updated status in a relationship. 13. And here's the post. I can't live without you. They've known each other for three weeks. He hearts and all this stuff. He is my forever. We're, 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 we're madly in love. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't read people's social media pages, but I, I, I do, do understand that, that, that this goes on. I'm 14 years old and, you know, she's the one. Can I say to every parent and to every young person, Stop it. You don't have a clue what love is. You can't even pay a bill. Quit saying I love you. You don't even drive. I, and, and listen, I don't have anybody in mind, so don't think I'm calling you out. This is the third, third time I've preached on this, but I think the parents that allow their children to do those type of things are the same one that let their children have their bedrooms that say no trespassing, this is my room. Let me tell you something, Lakin or Jillian. There are no posted signs going on your door. If I think you've got something in there, I'm going through every single area of your room. Because I pay your light bill. I'm feeding your faces. Can I get a witness from some grandma in the building and says, you know what, you're right. And if we're not careful, we will allow our children, even ourselves, to be confused about what love is. And I just want you to understand that love is not an emotion. Love can be emotional, but love is not an emotion. Love is an action. Yes, love is a noun. 
For God is that. Love is God. God is love. He that dwelleth there, it's a place. It's, a, it's an atmosphere. It's a, but yes, love is also a verb because the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave. Amen. You read 1 first, first Corinthians 13. It talks about everything that love's, love does. Let's look there and look what it says. Everybody shout charity. charity. That word doesn't mean just charitable. It's not just, it's not just this, but it is something that, it, that you embody that only comes from God. It's not handed down from someone. It's something here. When you talk about the love of God, it's not tradition. It's not culture. It's not just an emotion. It's something that you can only get from him because God is love. And according to this, love is God. I'm not talking about infatuation. I'm not talking about childhood, childhood crushes. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about something that you possess that's more than an emotion for a moment. When you read it, you will find that the Bible says, if you don't have it, you are nothing. Nothing. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse four. Y'all wanna learn what love is today? Today? Amen. We might have all kinds of marriages in 2021 after I get done preaching. We might have some people breaking up and be like, you don't love me. Pastor said. Might be some marriage counseling going on. Honey, you're a jerk. Watch what it says. Charity. Let's, let's use the word love in the place of charity as some other translations do. But, but love suffereth long. What does that mean? Love is patient. Love is kind. Love. And if not, it's not jealous. Love vaunted not itself, is not puffed up. Love doesn't lift itself up. Love is not self-seeking. Love's not seeing what you can do for me. But love is, love does. Watch it, it says, it doth not behave itself unseemly. It's like love is this action. Love is always doing something or not doing something. Love does not behave itself unseemly. Love seeketh not her own. Again, love's not saying you've got to do something for me. That's not love. What does love do? Love is not easily provoked or easily angered. It thinketh no evil, meaning when you love something, you're not hoping they do something wrong. Hoping they mess up so you say, I told you, that's not love. Love rejoiceth not in iniquity or your failure, but it rejoices in the truth. It celebrates. Can you say amen? I heard someone once say, is be careful of those that will not applaud you in your successes. Because they're envy, they're jealous, they're dangerous. We've got to rejoice with our brothers. Love wants you to succeed. Love wants you to be better than them. Love is not self-seeking. I'm going to tell you, over the years, I have even seen people that I know that their marriage is a competition between each other. That's not love. That's selfish. Love wants the spouse to have more, to be more, to be what God wants them to be. Love is not comparing Somebody say amen. It beareth all things. I mean, it will help. It'll bear the load. It believeth all things. It hopeth all things. And it endureth all things. Why does it say all things? Because love is not some infatuating moment with someone based upon an emotion of a now. Everybody say with me, love is not an emotion. Can it be emotional? Absolutely. There should be a feeling that comes with love. There should be emotion that comes with love. But love is not the emotion. Let me, let me help you today. You can, you can be emotionally 
feel good about somebody that's crazy. Thank you. I was just waiting on the amen. Let me just put it this way. You're driving down the road. You're on the date with so-and-so. You're on a date and you're, you're getting to know each other. And you're going out and you didn't go out. You go, if you go out with them, you're, you're attracted to them in some way. So you're going down the road and, and uh, you've got oil driving the car. You've got water sitting in the passenger seat. You can't mix oil and water. I mean, it can get shook up and seem like it's apart, but as soon as things settle, they separate. And you can be attracted to somebody that's not even compatible with you. But you're driving down the road and you got the radio station to the right song or you got your, you, 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 you got your download a song and it's some romantic song that somebody has written because they're genius and they know how to get the atmosphere all stirred up. You're driving down the road, just headed to a restaurant, normal, common knowledge, Everything's logical. You, you, you've got, you got the game face on, and then all of a sudden the music starts and you go. The mood has been set. When the night has come and the land is dark and the moon. Man, am I, singing, am I on the platform singing this? No, I won't be afraid. You better be scared to death. I'm just going to tell you right now. And you find yourself emotionally connected to somebody that is chaos for your future. And in a culture that says, listen, and culture says, well, love is an emotion. So you're going to feel this emotion and attractiveness. And, and if it feels good, go ahead. And... And you become emotionally involved with somebody that was never the will of God because you grew up in a culture that said love is an emotion. Love is lustful. Love is attractive. Love is based. I'm still looking at this person in the pastor's seat. Do you notice that? I'm, still, I'm, look, I'm looking at some green tree right here. Uh, but, but love is all these things that love is not. So let me help you. If love is an emotion, you know, when we do premarital counseling, we ask this question that's on the inventory. We, every, I will not marry anyone that does not go through premarital counseling because I don't care how much you love them. You're both crazy in some ways. <laughs> all married folks in the building are saying, amen, pastor. And all those are just thinking your spouse is crazy. You're the one that's crazy. Amen. Uh, but we all need counsel where there's no counsel people fall. And a multitude of counselors are safety. And so I, I will not marry anyone without taking them through counsel and talking about finances and how to, how to resolve conflict and, and how to be compatible and, and, and how to communicate, how to listen. All you men need to learn, learn to listen. And uh, somebody said women speak 30,000 words a day. A man speaks 10,000. One lady said, because I have to tell him three times every time I tell him something. And... Uh, uh, but in one of the questions that ask in premarital counseling, it says, it, it says, could anything ever cause you to not feel love for them? And the answer from these young couples is like strongly, it, you know, it says, could something ever cause you to, to not feel love for them? And these young couples come here and rose colored lens strongly disagree. She's perfect. He's wonderful. He's suave and divinaire. 
the cars shining when he pulled up to pick me up. Clothes are iron. He's got a breath mint in this cologne that's amazing. You're going to wake up one of these days and he's going to be skunk breath. Hair's going to fall out or turn colors, you know it. Uh, and his clothes aren't ironed right, you know. And she, her appearance is probably going to change at some portion of her life. And, and uh, <laughs> honey, meet me at the car. I'm in trouble. <laughs> um, you know, can anything happen? I mean, I mean, and, and the answer is, is usually nothing could ever cause us to not love each other. I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, you need the love of God in moments of your marriage. <laughs> if, it's, if it's all about appearances and it's all about lust and infatuation and, and how they make you feel, what are you going to do when they make you feel bad? Because it never makes me feel good when my wife tells me I'm wrong. And I know that she's right. And um, let's talk about this for a minute. Every relationship uh, is a true relationship, is a two-way street. Really. Um, it is a fellowship. The Bible says light hath no fellowship with darkness. But in every true relationship, there is giving and taking. There is receiving and giving. How many believe that? Uh, and It is. It is. There, there is that. And uh, let, let's handle something here real quick. Um, I love you as your pastor. I'm committed to you. Uh, I love this church very much. I've given my life to this local congregation. Uh, it's a love. It's a God love. I, I didn't move to Zanesville because I saw this place. I saw an advertisement for Zanesville. I came here because God called me here. I didn't know anything about the city. But God gave me a love for this. Do you believe God can give you a love for your spouse? Should have been a quick answer. Do you believe God can give you a love for your spouse? I'm not, I'm not talking about Hollywood infatuation that somebody that's telling you how to love has had 17 marriages and they lasted for three days each. Are, are you hearing me? I'm not talking about some acted out movie or some red novel that, that somebody in their creative mind that wanted to sell a novel had some idea that's telling us how to love. That's where we're a mess. That's where we're, we're in chaos. We've got this chaos influencing us. We've got these songs that are influencing us. And I'm not so sure that the devil knows if I can destroy a nation, I'm going to have to do it from the family. So let me change the definition of love. Let me start talking about the, 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 the magnitude of the desire of the flesh and let's let the flesh rule the family and let's let that happen and so they will just do whatever they want to do. What are you going to do when adultery sounds more fun than being with your spouse? Because the Bible says it's a pleasure. The Bible talks about that the work of the flesh is, 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 is adultery and fornication and cleanness and lasciviousness. It's talking about lustful desires. If, if we make love something that just feels good and emotion, then you might as well go ahead and jump to every relationship that sounds fun. But love is not an emotion. Love is emotional. I'm going to tell you what love is. Love is a covenant. 
Love is a vow. Love is where you give your heart. And I'm going to tell you, we're, we're doing our children a disservice to let them fall in love with everything they're attractive to from the time they're 12 to they're 17. I'm not saying they can't be childhood sweethearts. I've, I've liked Cindy my whole life. I really have. And uh, I hope that's mutual, by the way. Uh, and, uh, uh, but I didn't know what love was when I was 12. I will tell you, in our generation, people don't know what love is. All they've ever seen is abuse or hurt or chaos or splitting up and breaking up and, and back and forth. And they don't, they, don't, they don't know what it is. There's not a lot of good examples in our generation. But there should be in the church. You know what the number one thing that people say the reason they return to the anchor is? Why do they come back to the church? Number one reason is because when I came there, I felt the love of God. The love of God. And I'm going to tell you what we need. We need this in our home. It should not be just something we feel when we are at the house of God. We should feel this in our houses on Monday and Tuesday. Our children should grow up in the love of God. Not just a Sunday event. Not just a Wednesday moment. We need his love. Love is what empowers a marriage. Love is what empowers a parent. Love is what gives strength and confidence to our children. It's the love of God. Amen. Love beareth all things. Love is not insecure. And love says, tell me when I'm wrong. The Bible says that if a father loves his children, he will correct them or chastise them. And if he does not love them, if he does not correct his children, then he does not love them. That's the scripture. And the Bible says, if a father correcteth not his children, then it's the same of that child not even having a father. So why is it every time that we get corrected, either by the pastor, maybe by our spouse, or young people by our parent, and you say, you mean you don't like me? That's insecurity. That's, that's, that's not stable. I mean, I don't like it when my wife tells me that, you know, I needed to straighten up on something. I didn't like it when my mom or my dad would tell me that. It hurts my feelings when my pastor has told me things. But I need it to be better. And love hopeth all things. And I'm going to tell you that it is wrong for us. Our culture says, if you correct me, then you are, watch, abusing me. I'm not talking about beating you with a two before. I'm talking about making a simple suggestion. You shouldn't say that anymore. You shouldn't hang out with them. That's not the right person in your life. Why are you against me? That is wrong. We need to knock that out of the church. We need to knock that out of our life. That if you correct me, you're against me. That is chaos. That is confusion. And I'm telling you what, the devil is so wise because if he can get you to think for a minute that you can do this all by yourself and that you got it without any leadership, without any overhead, uh, 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 overhead authority in your life, without spiritual covering, you know what? You'll self-destruct and never be what he wants you to be. But God, give me a pastor that'll love me enough to tell me where I'm wrong. Give me a spouse that will see the blind spots of my life and help me. Don't let me be lost. It's very true. Somebody shout, it's very true. You know, my age demographic, I'm, I'm 42, but when I was 35, I heard this statistic. And the statistic says that the number one cause of death for my age demographic was car accidents. The number one cause of car accidents was blind spots in the mirror. 
And I heard this title, I think it's very, very true, is that how many of you, how many of you, just a, just a survey here, how many of you have ever, ever been going down the road and you started to make a wrong turn or something and somebody in the car said, no, 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 no. And it stopped you from wrecking. I can't believe you would tell me no, 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 no. I mean, thank God for the person that saw the blind, saw something you couldn't see. It's called, everybody shout, blind spots in the mirror. And God forbid you think you're so intelligent that you think you can see everything around you. God places people in your life to see things that you can't see. One of those is a pastor. Certainly God gives us the Holy Spirit. But I'm going to tell you something else. Some of that can be a spouse, a parent. I'm better because people hurt my feelings. The Bible says, many are the wounds of a friend. You're not a friend if you can't tell them when they're wrong. Dating, somebody's going to ruin their life. Well, I don't want to hurt their feelings. Somebody needs to speak up. Somebody needs to say something. They're getting ready to make a, a bad decision that's going to cause chaos, and you're afraid of hurting their feelings. Love says, I, I, I would rather offend you and help you than to let you go on your own way and self-destruct. We need people in our life that are not emotionally connected, but they are love us. When you say, I'm a friend, that's what that means. Somebody shout love. Love is not an emotion. Love is emotional. But let me tell you what love is. Love beareth all things. Love Cover the multitude of sins. And can I tell you, when I committed to this church, I committed to love you when you were in the altar, when you're involved on the platform, when you're involved in ministry, and when you backslide. When you don't show up. When you fail God and end up in prison. My love for you doesn't change because I'm not loving you through the Bounds family tradition. I'm loving you from the presence of God. He hasn't given up on you when you failed. He didn't stop loving you when you made a mess of your life. He loved you anyhow. That's the love of God. That is the love of God. It's not, it's not love every time your spouse makes a mistake that you say, I'm not so sure we were meant to be together. Stop it. When you said, I do at the altar. That wasn't just some emotional thing uh, that, that you did. It was a covenant. It's a covenant that says for better or worse. I thought to myself, you know what? If I marry somebody and they go through a divorce and they go to the court, I think I'm going to go to the courtroom. When they're going to go get divorced, I think I'm going to stand. When they go through the divorce. Now, listen, this is, this is just... Uh, um, a possibility. I think I'm going to get the guest list of the wedding for God and all these witnesses. It's quiet in here. I think I'm going to recruit the whole guest list. Everybody that signed the marriage book. Proof that they were there and they heard the vow. When they go to the divorce court, I think I'm going to show up and go there. When they say the judge is about to make a decision, I think I'm going to stand up and say, they can't do it. Excuse me, sir, who are you? I am their pastor. Who's those 150 people with you? They're the people that were there witnessing it. What are they doing here? 
They heard him make a vow. You see, this is a popular teaching because we live in a culture that accepts everything but right. Well, I can't believe he's talking about this. What do you want me to do, lie? Do you want me to just uh, conform to the culture that we are? Or do we want to have a church that when they get married and people make vows and they stay away, they stay away when they're oil, they stay away from water? Come on, instead of they just jump to whoever they're attracted to because you're gonna be attracted to sin and you're gonna be attracted to chaos and you'll be attracted to confusion. But we gotta get back to the book that says love isn't about an emotion. Love is about a covenant for better or worse and sickness and health, richer for poor. I'm gonna be here, I'm gonna love you. If you mess up, I'll love you. If you make a mistake, I'll love you. I, I know. Listen, I know where I'm at. I'm in Muskingum County where there's 64% divorce rate. I realize I pastor people, a lot of amazing people that have been divorced, they've been forgiven, and they've moved on. But you can't, you can't, you can't intimidate me to not preach this book with your silence. Every single one of you should be saying, amen. I'm behind you. Every single one of you ought to jump to your feet and say, pastor, tell us about a covenant. Tell us about so our children to be saved. Tell us about so... Come on, everybody in the building, now to jump your feet and help me preach. That is the will of God, thank you. Because if we let down as a body, then the world would flood in, destroy the family, destroy the minds, fornication, adultery, chaos, and confusion. We've gotta have a church that knows what love is. Love is not caring for your brother. When you're in agreement, it's loving them when you don't agree. It's loving them when they don't make decisions. Come on, are you with me right now? Clap your hands and praise him. How can you love God and hate your brother? Be seated. Everybody shout love. You want truth preached? We're going to do it the Hollywood way. Come on, do you want truth? Do you want truth? I'm going to ask you a question right now. Do you want truth? We've got to have love. We've got to have godliness. We've got to have righteousness. People are going to make mistakes and we will love them equally. But you know what? We've got to get a covenant with God. Amen, 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 amen. How do you expect it to work if you fall in love with somebody that doesn't love God? The Bible still says don't be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. That's not my words. It's his words. You're just, you're just cruising for chaos. But I love them. You should have never let yourself fall in love with them. How many know it's true? That's right. Let me, let me say to every parent, I want every parent in the room to stand. I'm going to give you a strong commission. But I'm going to help you. Why are your children learning about sexual relationship from their peers? who have no clue what love is, or some person at the public school, or a cousin, telling them what sex is, and they never hear it from you. It is not the will of God. Well, I don't want to have that conversation. Neither did I. I might look forward to that like a hole in the head. But it has to be done. They need to hear it from the church. And uh, I, I'm saying to you that, that 
And we have to be very careful. I think we need to screen what comes through our house. What music do this do? Well, that's their private life. No, it's not. I'm the guardian of my home. I don't, I don't want, I didn't want my children. I don't want them. I don't want them learning what this is from some pervert from the community. Some 14 year old that's got it all together. And, and uh, um, I'm not meddling. I'm being real. Because how can they know the love of God unless they get in his presence and somebody talks to them about this is what the Bible says. I still believe that's the foundation of truth. I do believe that. You can be seated. Because the world's telling them to fornicate. That's what the world's telling them. Listen, and the pressure is if they don't, they're weird. You young people, listen to me. Don't fall into the trap of the world. They're depressed. They have insomnia, anxiety, fear, chaos, regret. They're suicidal. They have no hope. They don't feel valued because of something that happened that should have waited until they got married. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, marriage is honorable and all in the bed undefiled. The only thing that makes the bed undefiled is marriage. That's not popular in our culture. But the culture says live together until you get it figured out. Maybe one of these days figure it out. That's not, that's not biblical. It's not biblical because what can happen is you become physically connected through a, through a sexual relationship causing you become emotional. Sex causes an emotion. And it's a permanent feeling. It creates a permanent. I, someone's reminded me today that I taught as a youth pastor. I took uh, a magazine of just some random person and um, and a man, and I took another picture from some random magazine uh, of a woman, and I said, let's say that they came together in a sexual relationship. I super glued them together. I let it dry, then I said, now they break up. When I pulled the paper apart, there was a piece of him on her and pieces of her on him, and there was this confusion because sex causes a permanent emotion to somebody that was supposed to be only temporary. A permanent emotion, permanent emotion to somebody that was supposed to be temporary. Why is it so chaotic in our world? It's because we have fueled a lie about what love is. You don't, you don't believe it? Divorce is through the roof. Am I right or wrong? Uh, Brother Scaredo, is the bread going to burn today? It, don't call me long-winded from the seat, Brother Scaredo. I'm teasing you. Listen, if we're not careful, we will fuel and allow... Silence is sometimes a louder voice. And the silence of not discussing it, not talking about it, pastor not addressing it because, you know, it's a little awkward in the building. I, I'm, I'm willing to be awkward. Because love doesn't always feel good. Love sometimes, you know, people that love confrontation, I question their love. But people that will override the, the neglect saying, I'd 
Really, I, I know I want to help them, but it's going to hurt their feelings and it's going to be com confrontation. We've got to have this, and this is confrontation somewhat today, but we've got to stop this stuff because people are suicidal. They're a mess uh, because of abuse and chaos and uh, making love about sex and sex about love instead of love about commitment and, and following commitment comes a sexual relationship and it's called marriage. Let there be a hearty amen. So love becomes about commitment. Love is, not, love is not about perfection. Love is not about you doing everything I think you should do. Love wants to give at the same time. What's amazing is everybody take this hand. Everybody take this hand. When he loves her, he says, I want her dream to come to pass. And she loves him. And she wants his dream to come to pass. You know what happens? A dynamic is formed. Both are selfless, one and the other to succeed. And it causes a powerful marriage because that's love. Love seeketh not her own. Love seeks for them to arrive at where God wants them to be. And the other one's seeking for this one to get, want them to get where God wants them to be. And it creates this selfless atmosphere where love is fueled. Instead of, well, she's just my helpmate and She's just this. I'm going to tell you right now, God gave her in your life for a balance. God gave her to be loved. And Bible says for you to love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself. Would you clap your hands and say amen today? So the world would say love is good until the relationship is questioned of its perfection. And then, well, you know what? Maybe we weren't meant to be. Can I, can I say to you is that divorce should never be in our vocabulary in marriage. I'm spending a little more time on marriage than I planned on. But, but um, uh, divorce, when you get, get married, divorce is not even a thing. I counsel people when they're in premarital counseling. Don't say Divorce. You, think, you might think murder a thousand times. <laughs> Awkward hesitance in the building. I heard somebody say that one time. T.F. Tenney made the statement. He said, we've never said divorce in our whole marriage. He said, we just thought murder several times. I mean, you're going to be at odds with each other. But it doesn't mean it's an opportunity to check out in a, throwaway, in a throwaway society. You don't check out when things are bad. You start loving and giving and helping and believing. The Bible says it loveth, it beareth, it hopeth, it believes. And I come to tell you, God's love for us isn't giving up when we backslide, when we fail, we make a mistake. No, he believes we're coming back. We're going to get better. We're going to do more. We're gonna, come on, that's the love of God. That's what this is all about. Let's all stand and clap our hands and shout, this is love. This is Love. And in our commitment to God, let's all stand as I come to a close. You receive this on New Year's, on New Year's Eve, in our New Year's Eve service. Those that didn't, you can receive in the information booth. But we have what a, that we believe we're a part of restoring people's lives. You know what that means? Loving people that messed up. And if he can love us, we can love them. He said, I, he, he said, because as he is, so are we. What is that love? And he makes this statement, we love him because he first loved us. Did you know that God's love shined through you? not just to you. It's not just in this building. It's something that we grab and we get a hold of. And we begin to share it with others through their imperfections and through their mistakes. 
Love is a commitment. I've watched over the years, I've watched people, you know, how many's ever heard of the honeymoon stage? Boy, they come to church, they've just been married and they can't clap their hands on the preacher because he's got her arms around her. Hope 70 years later, you still got your arms around her. Everybody say honeymoon. It's all about the emotion. It's, it's about, it feels so good to be together. You don't see them for a whole year. They're, they're always together. There's this togetherness and it feels so good. Somewhere down the line, they're gonna have some differences. They're gonna have some opposing views. How I many know that's true? Do you know loving God is that way? Am I helping you today? Loving God is that way. When people first come and they receive the Holy Ghost and God delivers from drugs or sin or bondage or whatever, they come in, they're clapping. Hey, they're, they just, they, they make statements like, Pastor, we have to wait till Wednesday to get to church. Do you have anything on Monday or Tuesday? They just want to be here. Because it what? Feels good. Everybody say it's emotional. And so in spiritual immaturity, you will love God based upon how you feel and you will worship God based upon how you feel. You will read your Bible and you will pray based upon how it feels. But there comes a moment in spiritual maturity that you don't worship God based upon how you feel. You worship God based upon what you know. And He is good. And He doesn't have to please me. He doesn't have to meet all my expectations. I don't have to have an amazing week for me to get my praise on at church. No, because I know it's going to be all right. God's going to take care of me. He has proven Himself again and again and again. And I'm going to be all right. We are the bride of Christ. There should never be a service to where we just not worship, not give Him our best. Can I say to all of us, spiritual maturity is not as well not expressing yourself. Well, look at those, isn't that sweet? Those new converts up there worshiping God. What happened to your love? I've seen people's marriages wax. Or wane, I should say. Wane away from the emotion. One man, one man told his wife one time, or the wife told her husband, she said, you don't ever say you love me. He said, I told you I loved you when I married you. If I ever changed my mind, I'll let you know. Don't do that. Love is an expression. Do you believe that? Every husband look at your wife and say, I love you. I love you. Should say it. Should speak it. Should praise them. Should honor them. Can you say amen? Love compliments. Love encourages. Love builds. Love is great. Love doesn't just criticize. If all you do is criticize. Well, pastor said I need to correct you. That's not what I said. You should praise a lot more than you criticize. You know, the only thing you say, I don't like that outfit, but you never say the one you do like. Are you with me? Let's turn it to, the Bible says in Ephesians 5, it says between Christ and his church. And watch what it says. It's very, very powerful. And because our love for God is going to impact our love for others. Everybody say, loving God loving people that's right when I come to church and because I didn't get a good report and somebody something didn't go my way and I come to church and I just sit there and then somebody's getting excited what are they excited about or you used to be that excited when you first fell in love with Jesus I don't want a new convert to out worship me 
I'm not talking about just enthusiasm. I don't want to ever, I don't ever want to walk in this building one time and not think I appreciate what he's done for me. Not one time. I want him to know. Hallelujah. And whether you've been bad or whether you've been good, whether you've done wrong or you've done right, when you come to the house of God, you've got to still believe he loves me. He cares for me. He doesn't care for you because you're perfect. He cares for you because you are his people, made in, made in his image. He's waiting on you to embrace his love, to accept his love. You know why I can be successful in a jail ministry with people I do not know? I have many great, powerful, you've been with me, Elder Mealy. I've been in many powerful jail services where the love of God came in there. And people I've never met begin to weep and cry and give their life to the Lord Jesus. Not because I knew them. They were in orange suits. I was outnumbered. But they felt something that brought this preacher's kid to an altar. It's not perfection that drives love. It's a covenant that I've made for better or worse. And I'm telling you, God's love for us is that way. In the good and the bad, in the perfect and imperfect moments, I will not stop loving you. And I say this as a congregation, we as a whole body, we're not gonna be perfect. We don't go to this church because we have perfect leadership. The sound doesn't have to be perfect. If, it's, if the temperature's not my, my choosing, I'm not gonna go to the road, down the road to another church. If it gets too hot, I'll take my jacket off. If it gets too cold, I'll bring a blanket. The music's not loud enough. You know what? I'm coming. If it's too loud, I'll bring cotton put in my ears. But I made a covenant with the church. I'm going to grow this church. I'm going to be a part of this church. I'm going to bless this church. I'm committed to this church. So I will attend services. I will be faithful. Our protocol is not going to be perfect with coronavirus. You ever seen so many changes in all your life? mandates we've done our best to try to remain safe has it been perfect I doubt it have I been perfect probably not but we don't base our loyalty to a church based upon its perfection of decisions especially when we know they're doing their best oh somebody help me right now because love is not about perfection love is about a covenant love <laughs> Love. Hey, listen, there are going to be moments in your life you don't think God's done his, done his job. I can't believe you said that. I'm telling you, when he doesn't answer your prayer on time and there's loss and you're dealing with the scripture, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away and you can understand when he's blessing you, but you can't understand why something was taken from you. You better have a love for God and trust that his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts and I'm making a covenant with God you don't have to please me for me to stay faithful I will be here because you are God is God perfect? yes do we always think he's perfect? do we always think he's perfect? we say that but sometimes we don't really agree with him how many's ever had a moment you didn't agree with God? I have with my 42-year-old friend that died, fall, fell off a ladder, Brother James Kirk. I didn't agree with God. So I can't believe you said that. I didn't agree with him. I didn't understand when my 42-year-old friend died at such a young age. 
But my relationship with God is, an, is not about agreement. It's about, it's about knowing he has the words to eternal life and that he loved me in my imperfection. And I'm sure he doesn't always agree with me, but he loves me and he's committed to me in my good. I've said it already, but in my, do you believe what I'm preaching is truth? This is love. I'm telling you, that is love. Somebody shout, I'm holding on. I'm not letting go. Lift your hands to the Lord and say, God, I don't want, I don't want Hollywood love. I don't want American culture love. God, I want a love of God that's going to love people unconditionally. Hallelujah. He is jealous for me. Love's like a hurricane. <laughs> Come on, all over this building, God. I realize many of you have grown up in atmospheres that weren't love. Maybe abused as a child from, from someone you trusted and it's, it's dampered your concept of what love is. Mistakes in and out of relationships that were chaos. But I come today to tell you, God's love gives you a brand new beginning. It's a brand new start. He's waiting on you to commit to Him. Come on, everybody all over the building, I want you praying, everybody in the building. Hallelujah. Come on, everybody all over the building right now. I'm committed. I'm committed. I'm committed. I'm committed to love of God. Come on, the Spirit of the Lord is moving in this room. In the name of Jesus, there's some of you that are hurting. There's some of you that are hurting. Hallelujah. Listen, listen to pastor. I feel a word right now. Some of you are in the building saying, if God loved me, then why did he allow this to happen to me? Listen, it's not that he allowed that to happen to you. Somebody else hurt you. Somebody else did you wrong. But I promise you that if you embrace his love today, God is going to heal you of everything that ever was in your past. He's going to remove the, that pain. He's going to remove that abuse. He's going to remove that bitterness. He's going to remove that offense. His love's going to give you a brand new beginning. He's going to cause you to feel valuable again. Do you all believe what I'm preaching to you? I'm telling you, there's a love of God in here that brings second chances. I realize you might hate men because of something somebody did. You might despise women because mama walked out on you. But listen, today's a new beginning. The love of God removes every record of wrong and it starts a brand new day. My grandmother told me something. She said, Aaron, she said, when you get married, she's talking about relationship. She said, there is no past. There's only a future. I want everybody, I want everybody to say that there is no past, but there is a future. Do you believe that today? Every head bowed and every eye closed. God remains faithful to you. You may be seated all over the building. You may be seated. We're going to pray at our seats. If you're here today, if you're here today and say, I do feel the love of God, would you raise your hand? You feel the love of God sweeping over your soul. If you're here today and you say, I'm tired of the suicidal thoughts and the devalued, feeling so invaluable. I was raised to made to feel that I didn't have a purpose, but 
feel like God wants to change some things in my life. Every head bowed and every eye closed, would you raise your hand today? Say, I, I want to feel valued. I, I want to be valuable. Listen, he said he loved you so much that he's going to wash you and cleanse you with his word. And he's going to present to himself one of these days glorious church without spot or wrinkle. He said, I'm going to remove every mistake, everything anybody ever has done to you, every mistake you've ever made, and I'm going to make you beautiful and glorious and powerful. God's waiting on you today to repent right where you are and say, God, I need your love. Come on, right at your seat. You can sit, you can kneel, whichever you want. But I want you to pray today and say, God, I'm sorry. I didn't know love meant covenant. I didn't know love meant selflessness. I didn't know love meant it didn't have to be my way. I didn't know it, God. I didn't know love meant I needed corrected. I didn't know love meant I need to correct. I didn't know love was a gift that I give to someone that I want to spend forever with, whether a friend, God, a church, a spouse, a child. Hallelujah. I need you, God. Today, Lord, I change. I want the love of God to be in my heart. I don't want to have that hatred or that offense. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. on the Lord's moving all over this building hallelujah the Lord's not done with you you're still in the healing restoration process I'm committing to love today I'm committing to the presence of God I'm committing to being healed committing to getting better my life's going to be different it will not die in the cycle of confusion come on there's a prayer to be prayed in this room Lord I'm committing to you hallelujah somebody say in Jesus name I'm going to be healed I'm going to be healed I will be healed. I will be restored. I'm committing to getting better. I'm going to talk about this at my home. I'm going to talk about this to my children. I'm going to possess this from my altar, my prayer life. Amen. Somebody say amen. Why don't we reevaluate our lives? Um, I'm going to talk, plan on next week talking about growing, but you got to be committed to being healed. You got to want to be healed. How many want to be healed? How many want it to be healed? You got to want that. 
I've seen people that didn't want to get better because all they knew was bitter, so they didn't want to be better. But I've committed to being healed, to be better, to be a part, so I can better somebody else's life. How many will make that covenant with God today? I will get better. Would you pray that prayer? I want us all to pray that. I'm going to get better. I'm not getting bitter. God's going to better me. I'm going to, I'm going to do amazing things for God. Come on, pray that prayer. That's not arrogant. That's faith. The Lord's going to use my story to impact people. I realize you're hurt. You've had disappointments. But God wants to heal your heart. Heal your children do amazing things hallelujah everybody say new beginning if you are here today and maybe it's your first time I don't know um, maybe you've come a few times and you say you know I'm just looking for a new beginning I need a new start how many's ever felt that way I need a new start I need a new beginning I, probably everybody in the room there was this embracing of God's love and it was simple. It was that you turn your heart to the Lord and you say, God, I don't, I don't want to go down the road I've been going to. I, I want a change of life, a change of heart. Lord, I want to follow you. Because God is what? Everybody say, say, God is love. When we dwell in love, we dwell in God. Lord, I'm committing to be in your presence and go in your direction because I'm tired of hate, bitterness, emptiness, brokenness. I'm tired of living in the past. So God, today I'm turning my life around. Once you repent, ask God for forgiveness. The Bible says, be baptized, every one of you. See this right here? It's a baptismal tank, lukewarm water. You say, you mean to tell me that being baptized in that water can change my life? Absolutely, you know why? Because God expects it. God, God set a plan for you to be cleansed. How many's ever felt like dirty, guilt, messed up? How many, come on, help me. How many's ever felt that way? I'm closing, I promise. But when you got baptized, guess what? He washes everything you've ever done away. It's gone, never to be remembered again. Brand new in Him. Old things passed away. Behold, all things become new. If you have repented of your sins, but you have not been baptized in Jesus' name, you need to get it done. It's like a marriage. It's like a covenant. It's like a vow to the Lord. And you're getting your name changed. Honey, when you married me, you took on my name. When I marry him, I'm taking on his name. And his name covers my past. It covers my family chaos. It covers, praise God. And he comes to live inside of my heart. Aren't you glad for that? Praise God. If you want, if you want to be baptized, Brother Nehemiah, would you stand up right here? I want you to come and see Brother Nehemiah when we dismiss. We're gonna, they're gonna sing a song. You can come around the altar, pray. If you wanna be baptized, you come up here. Amen, is there anybody who wants to be baptized today? You said, I've repented. I want to be baptized. I see a hand up right there. Won't we thank God for that? Anybody else? We'll we have, listen, we have a robe in the back. You don't even have to get your clothes wet. We have a baptismal robe that you can wear. Your name can be, amen, written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You can walk out of here with a new beginning, a brand new start. Oh, I feel the Lord. Aren't you glad about that? Let's thank God for his love. Go ahead, praise God. Amen, let's worship him for a few moments before we leave.
Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.